Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And to tell you more about this wonderful studio is not only the owner, the producer of this show, but he's also my buddy, and it's Joe Gangemi. What's up, Joe? Hey, Coop. Thanks so much, bud. So, yeah, at Sweet Recording, we help brands, businesses, and organizations to launch podcasts and YouTube channels to amplify their message and reach their target audience in a unique way. We also help to leverage that content on social media by repurposing it into video clips, blog posts, and more. It's an efficient and effective approach to your digital marketing. So if you're interested in learning more, you can contact us anytime at hello at sweetrecording.com or visit us on the web at sweetrecording.com. That's S-U-I-T-E. Take it away, Coop. Thanks, Joe. And yeah, people just check it out. Definitely Sweet Recording, S-U-T-I-E, recording.com. We have a great show today. We have uh, three people I've met through the networking world, which that's how I meet everybody. I meet them through networking. And our first guest is from Jay Hilborn, Michelle Roshkoff. How you doing, Michelle? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Steve. And then from the YMCA, Mr. Steve Goodman. How are you, Steve? I'm fantastic, Steve. Thanks for having me on. And finally, from the Center of Family Services, Dr. I like when I can say doctor, Dr. June DePonte Cernak. How you doing, June? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. So, Michelle, uh, tell us a little about what you do in your company. So, I am a uh, an independent stylist for uh, Jay Hilburn. It's a custom men's clothing um, company that they're out of Dallas, Texas, and I go to. I try to make uh, life easy for um, busy men by um, going to their homes or their offices and measuring them and um, and putting together styles for them. I do uh, athletic wear through uh, tuxedos, a lot of business casual, um, golf wear, a lot of different things. And um, yeah, once I have your fit and your um, style down, then we, I, they can just call me and say, I need this, I need that. I can ship it right to them or I can deliver it to them all nice and steamed, steamed and pressed. And uh, I love what I do. I love putting things together. I love seeing the reaction when they have something that fits them right made just for them with our initials in it. That's awesome. How about you, Steve? Tell us a little about you and the YMCA. So I, uh, I've been with the Y for a long time uh, working and as a volunteer. I was on the uh, board for the Y for about eight years before uh, eventually working here. So um, I'm really, uh, really thrilled with the mission, you know, helping a lot of families in the area. And, uh, you know, I get to do what I love every day. So it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity. And June, I know you have a long list cause you're always busy. What now tell us about everything you do right now. So, um, my day job, I'm the statewide diversity leadership officer at center for family services. We're a statewide agency, um, with about 2000 employees working in mental health addiction service, um, programs for uh, kaleidoscope for LGBTQ youth for juntos for unaccompanied minors, domestic violence shelters. You name it, it's the whole gamut of um, supporting our communities. I actually, um, and as an educator by heart, I was a former dean at Rowan College of Burlington County, um, and I, I teach at Wilmington University, a doctoral class, but I get to teach cultural competency to agencies statewide and mental health and addiction services on stigma, bias, trauma, anything around cultural competency to bring people back together again. I speak a lot of the Native American community. That's part of my heritage and my family. So the tribal community in New Jersey, but just getting people to be um, thoughtful, get them to really start to think about what it's like to treat people from all different backgrounds and religious backgrounds, nationalities, upbringings, and really show that compassion to each other and speak really collectively 
uh, to help the mental health space. Uh, there's so many avenues to that that are just so disconcerting and our numbers in New Jersey are not fantastic in a lot of areas. So if we can move the needle just a little bit, that's you know really what we hope to do. Uh, I also sit as the board chair of the Alice Paul Institute in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, which is one of my favorite pastimes um, to share about women's right and equality for gender, gender justice. So we, we say that we actually teach women to fish. So that would be us learning about advocacy and women's rights. So really super busy, super love it. Uh, couldn't imagine doing anything else. That's awesome. You know, you know what I love? I love when I, after the pandemic, especially, and when I moved back, when I was in LA, everybody did the same thing. They were all there for entertainment. That's what the whole revolves around. And people stay in it and they go back and forth. But what I like now is that people, everyone changes jobs now in our lives. You know, it used to be our parents would sit there and they would work for, my mom worked for Campbell's Soup. You know, they work, they work, you know, you work for a certain time. So we're start with you, Steve. How did you end up at the YMCA? You've been there for a while, but I know you've you've had other jobs. But what? How did you end up in the position you have right now? So it's um, I was in the for-profit space for a long time. I grew up in you know started my adult life in retail and in uh, and in outside sales. And but just and I had started uh, volunteering on a committee here, a board there. And really started to fall in love with the nonprofit world. And I I had bumped into a gentleman who's now my uh, one of my executive coaches. And we got to talking about, you know, how do I make that transition? And he helped me identify, hey, what skills do I have now that fit in the nonprofit space where, you know, I can make that transition smoothly? Um, and then, of course, most importantly, it was a, it was a conversation with my wife that was like, hey, you know, we're going to make this change. It's, it's going to be, you know, uh, maybe a little scary at times, but, uh, anyway, it's, I was able to take the, the, the retail background, the customer service, the skill set, and, and the kind of the sales and I raise money for the Y and it's all about networking, you know, uh, developing, uh, relationships, particularly with high net worth, uh, donors. Um, so that's how I was able to make that transition. And then, you know, I, I fell in love with the work and, you know, particularly the mission of the why, which, uh, you know, maybe we'll get into that a little bit, but the, you know, I, I just love the work and I've been able to really be, uh, fortunate to do what I love every day. How about you, Jude? How did you end up where you are? Cause you know, I've, I've known you and that's, that's a big title. I mean, you know, so it's not like, Hey, I'm working here. I mean, it's, you know, so how did you end up in the position you are right now? Uh I spent 25 years in telecom. I was a subject matter expert nationally for the Internet of Things product line with MCI and Sprint and Nextel. Um, worked with a lot of different avenues and customers. You know, I was that, you know, send me on a corporate jet to some CEO's office and talk about what their infrastructure looked like. Um, and then I was bought out by SoftBank, bought out Sprint, and I was the only woman on my team and the oldest. I was the first to be part of that leverage buyout. Um, and I thought, oh my God, I don't really know what to do with myself. I've I've grown up in this space. I don't know anything else but sales and marketing. Uh, and one of my engineering friends happened to be on the board of the Red Cross and said, I got a job for you. You will make no money and be wildly happy. And he introduced me to the American Red Cross in New Jersey. I took the job as executive director for Camden, Burlington and Gloucester counties. 
did that for four and a half years, loved every part of that, loved the mission work, loved the community. I really started to be tied to the military because of that. I've been an honorary commander for 10 years at the Joint Base McGuire Dix Lakehurst because of their service of the armed forces. Um, and then I, I realized that I really wasn't making a lot of money. So I thought I would teach as a side hustle and I started to work at the college. And then they offered me what I thought would be the perfect marriage of my business background and my education background by being a dean. And I took that role. Again, loved all the things that I've ever done, um, but just kind of rolled with the punches and said, you know, I'm going to take this opportunity and let a fresh set of eyes take over where I was and take it to the next level. Um, and then as a dean, I ended up with my doctorate. And I met so many amazing people that were doing work in the mental health space that I thought I really want to be able to use my education um, and take things to just, again, another level to be able to see where I can help. And friends of mine from Rowan University sit on the board at Center for Family Services, just a combination of people that elevated me during this journey. And I thought, you know what, this is this is where I need to be. This is what I enjoy and I get to teach. I also get to do my nonprofit work and still rely on the Red Cross for a lot of the disasters in the state. Um, and everything has just come together perfectly. So, I, and I really have enjoyed um, every part of this. So I, I think this is a, a great space for me to, to blend all of my lives and <laughs> be able to showcase the things I get to do and use my education. That's awesome. How about you, Michelle? How did you end up with Jay Hilbert? Um, so my brother, um, he suggested that I get into it. I years ago had a women's clothing boutique in Marlton, a little, um, a little, a boutique in one of the historic buildings on Main Street. And while I loved what I was doing, I was having kids. I have three kids and that's not how we wanted to raise our kids. So I closed that. And then years later, my brother, I'm, I'm divorced now. Not that everybody has to know that, but I, <laughs> I started, um, my brother suggested that I uh, do custom men's clothing. And I said, well, and he suggested Jay Hilbert. And I said, how do you know about Jay Hilbert? And he said, I've been wearing it for 10 years. And I said, oh, I didn't even know. And he's like always impeccably dressed. And he's like, a, you know, he's normally a Boyd's Neiman's shopper. And I thought, all right, if it's good enough for Kenny, it's good enough for me. And um, so he, I went to a meeting. This was like eight years ago. Um, the guys from Dallas were here. I met with them. I was really interested and I was going to sign on. And then I got cold feet and I said, I want to finish raising my kids. That's that's how I wanted to raise my kids. That's what I'm going to do. So I raised my kids and out of the blue, this woman calls me that I had met at the um, event and she says, hey, what's going on? I said, I'm so glad you called me. I'm itching to do something. And I signed on and I've been doing it ever since. And I love it. See, that's awesome. I love stories like that. Now, you know, it's funny. All of you have said how you love your job. Okay. And you, uh, you should, you should love or like your job. And, and everyone says that. But what what excites you about your job? I and mean, we can say we love something, but there's got to be something that excites you. Like, you know, you can say, oh, I love, you know, I love this kind of food. But what excites you? Oh, that, you know, the, the certain seasoning they use or that. So what excites you? We'll start with you, Steve. And you can talk about the, the mission statement you talked about. But what excites you? What, what gets you excited to go to work? Instead of just saying I love it, what gets you excited? Well, I... There's, it's two things is the, the bigger picture is I love I just love the nonprofit space because it's a place where people can uh, build a career while serving others. Non, the nonprofit world does so much for our country, our, you know, every and uh, it is it's an important part of the fabric 
of this this region, this you know our state, everything. And so being just part of that is 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 to me is great. And to be able to you know raise a family, you know have a career, you know the why has uh, is, has a huge reach as, as most you know any almost any room I go into, you know somebody's got. They went to camp at the Y. They played basketball at the Y. Or their kids swam at the Y. There's always a connection there, and so the Y's got a, a a really nice connection point that way. But what really excites me about the work itself is, you know, it, there there's there's a lot of great missions out there. But what I love most about the Y is it strengthens families. So it you know we are the number one childcare provider in the state of Pennsylvania, for example. And childcare is something that is, it's a silver bullet for a lot of families. Like, and, you know, Michelle, maybe you might be able to speak to this as a single mom. Like if you don't have, you know, family nearby and you don't have a resource for childcare, now what do you do? And what we do at the Y, a lot of the money we raise goes to helping families afford, you know, good quality childcare so they can build their family, you know, go to work, go to school, mm -hmm. whatever the thing might be, you know, the same thing with our summer camps or day camps. We're the, we're a huge uh, summer camp provider and after school provider. And also the, all those other times where kids need to be active and doing something uh, meaningful, you know, the why is there and we make it affordable. People don't walk and nobody comes into the why and is turned away because of money. And we make sure that that happens so that, you know, there's a lot of other things, but that is probably the, the number one driver for me is that it strengthens families. Okay. How about you, Michelle? Because you know, you work in clothing as ZZ Top says, everyone loves a sharp dressed man. So, I mean, that's, that's got to be something you love, but what excites you? What excites you when, you know, when you meet a client or, or, or is maybe it's getting a new client, but what is exciting to you? I love um, making like curating looks and, um, my favorite thing is when I get the clothes back and they're so excited about how, how great they look. Like I have um, my, my now I can call him a friend. Now he, I met him through networking, Dan, when he was at my house, picking up his clothes. I mean, I normally go to their house, but he's a friend. So, you know, he came here, he, he did this whole testimonial for me and it was great. And then he's just staring at himself in the mirror. He, he doesn't mind me saying this. He's just staring at himself in the mirror saying, I can't believe how good I look. I can't yeah. stop looking at myself. And it was so funny, but I, I taped it and posted it and he loved it. But um, yeah, I just love when people realize what a difference it makes to dress well and to wear clothes that fit you. And I just love putting everything together. And I feel like I get better at it all the time. I think I get more excited when the boxes come than they do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that, that's always good. And that's a good testimonial. How about you? How about you, June? What, what excites you about what you do? Because I know you love what you do because you've said it. But I what do. excites you? I love when I'm um, doing an education series and somebody says, I didn't know that. I had no idea that that's what was going on. And I've been able to go back and pull some research and to give them, you know, some additional information to help them do their jobs and to see things a little bit from a different paradigm. Because I think that sometimes we are just stuck and we're on autopilot and we just continue to do our jobs and don't look up. And I think one of the, the things that I've been able to do is to take that education piece and research some of the topics and to say, you know, this is why we do things the way we do and explain it in a way, for, especially for adults that are learning things um, and to really think about, oh, that's why I think the way I do or that's why even though I was raised a certain way, that's why I see things this way. 
Um, and then when they come to me and they go, oh my God, I didn't think about it this way. That really is going to make a difference on my delivery method or the way I get to service my clients or any of those numbers of things. I love to hear that because I know that I've made a little bit of a difference in this crazy world of of so much going on that I just help somebody out somewhere. I, I'm a fixer, I think, by nature. Maybe when you're an only child and you only have yourself to play with when you're a kid and you only have those educational toys because I can't really, you know play with everybody else in the neighborhood the way other kids might have if they had siblings. I just learned to fix things. Um, and so I was always reading something and learning something new. So I think that really just, that sets me, my soul on fire. I love that. Okay, I'm going to stay with you, uh, this question, June. Um, you get up in the morning and you have a lot of stuff to do, a mm -hmm. lot of tasks, and you're just not focused. Okay, because sometimes we just wake up and we're just not focused. You know, we're thinking, what do you do to get yourself in the right mindset? Because for me, I listen, if, if I want to get excited or if I want to get pumped up or focus, I'll listen to music. I just put a few songs on that mean something to me. Oh, yeah, I like that song. And then I'm I, I can do this. But for you, how do you, when you, because you, you, everyone has a lot of tasks to do, but how do you get focused on something for your day when you're just like, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like doing anything. What do you, how do you, how do you get focused? So I'm really fortunate. I've got a really great network of people that I contact. So whenever I'm feeling a little out of sorts, I tend to go to my go-to people and have conversations with them. And it reminds me to kind of like put myself back together. I love to journal. I think journaling really helps me clear my head. I always keep even a, a notepad I'll kind of buy my nightstand because I could wake up in the middle of the night with a thought because I don't really sleep well. Things always seem to rattle around my head. Um, you know, so I think like helping to talk to other people and and really get re-energized and hear what's going on, but then writing it down. And so I know where to start because I have to be uh, sequential in the things that I do. I That's part of that, my process. Um, where do I start? How do I do it? And what can I check off the list? So that really helps. Um, and if all else fails, I am a freestyle junkie from back in the 80s. So I listen to really loud freestyle music. Um, and that really is also, there's nothing better than um, women, you know, the Latino community of women in freestyle that just, you know, talk about kicking somebody's ass and getting yourself like in gear. So that also always energizes me to, to keep my day going. So one of those three things usually is what I, I lead with. I did not know you were a freestyler. I, I'm now I wish I knew how to pop and lock because we could do that in an event if I saw you. It would be perfect. I was in Adelphia last week doing that. And I was just like, oh my God, if anybody could see me, they'd say, what the hell happened to the person that's usually it's, teaching by day? And it's, it's got to be a Burlington people. city. It's got to be a Burlington because my wife's the same thing. She's like, a, she's like, last night we were in Philadelphia for the concert. She's like, oh, I knew how to park the street back when I was clubbing. I'm like, oh my God. So, uh, okay. How about, how about you? How about you, Michelle? How do you? focus when you just don't want to work uh, your day i'm a little add so uh i have trouble with that and <laughs> so i have a million lists going at all times um if i can't get started i just i just take a break for a little while i go for a walk with my dog or i put on some great music or i watch a little bit of the news which is not you know it's kind of depressing but <laughs> somehow it gets me off of thinking about what i have to do and it's just, I, I just I don't know. I just, I don't have a, a regular routine that I think that psychs me up, but the music does, I guess. And the, um, yeah, just taking a break and then, you know, re, re energizing myself. All right. How about you, Steve? 
You air guitar, don't you? That's what you do, Steve. You play the air guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, so this is actually something I've I've really worked on over the last um last couple of years, last two years or so, is because I have my daughter was diagnosed with ADD, and you know she's twenty six now. She's a nurse. She's doing great, and but she always looks at me and says, "Dad, you definitely have it." She's <laughs> Which, you know, back, I grew up in an age and nobody knew what that was, right? But now everybody's, yeah, right? So, um, but um, I get, you know, I'm easily distracted. I can't stay focused for super long. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not a kid anymore. So those spans of time are shorter and shorter. But about, I'm I'm a big reader. I love to read. And primarily it's professional development stuff. Um, But I love like history and biography. But I read about two years ago, the book called Miracle Morning. I don't know if anybody's had a chance to read that book. And it is, um, it's not groundbreaking, it's not, but it's got the, the premise of it is, is uh, carving out time in the morning to really, and my coach says this all the time, take care of what's going on in here before you get into what's going on out there. And that kind of sat with me too. So I, I have a, you know, kind of, I wake up every morning, I get up at 4am every day, because I love to be up nice and early. And um, uh, it's a little bit of meditation, it's a little bit of prayer and journaling. You're right, June, journaling is, journaling pulls all the crap out of my head and puts it over here. So I can now focus on what I want to do. And then I, 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 I run, I'm a runner, and I go to the gym and all that stuff, too. So that those few things every morning, um, really helped me to set my day. Okay. So now I, I mentioned in the beginning how I met all of you through networking, and that's how I, we, that's like what we do now. That's how people meet. It's not like, like the old days, you know, you had knocked on a door, you know, people network and they get business, it's not like cold calling, hey, yeah, you know, drip, dropping your card off. So you're all good networkers. That's why you're here. And when you want to create a professional relationship, if you want to become in a partnership with someone that you know that you know you may be able to refer them or or just just you know to start a relationship what is what is a characteristic that you look to find in someone because you know we we find people you know we go to events there's a bunch of people that are full of shit i mean that's basically you know, people are afraid to say that but there's some people who are just are so full of shit you're like oh my god is this is this person serious maybe they may have their hair the right way so they go oh, yeah, yeah. and it's like no no you have to have characteristics what's a characteristic we'll start with you june what because i know you you network you're out there all the time what's a characteristic that someone has to have that you can say you know what i want to create a relationship or attempt to create a relationship and forward you know go forward with that what's a characteristic you look for I think it's I think it's a combination of the confidence that they have. I like to be able to talk to people that um, have a passion for what it is that they're doing, because I know that they're going to be invested in it. I talk to a lot of people that just want to make a sale or get a business card or check something off. But if somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know what, I think I saw you here. I'm really interested in this. And I think this is something that I'd like to do. Can we talk about this a little bit differently? I really like that confidence and that passion that they have when they're chatting about things, because that energy to me is um, really important. I think that when you're in a mental health and addiction service area, 
you have to be careful about your own energy. That's another reason why my career at the Red Cross was a little shorter than I wanted because it was so heavy that I needed to take a, a little bit of break from some of the disasters. So I try to surround myself with people that have good positive energy. And I think that that helps me want to connect with them even more. And then also it makes me want to help introduce them because I don't want to introduce people to someone else in my network if I don't think they're going to be sincere. I think, you know, you build a good enough reputation that somebody can come to you, even if it's recommending somebody for a job. And I would, I don't want to recommend or connect people that um, the person's going to be like, what in the world were you thinking? Give me this person or telling this person to call me. I don't ever want to have that conversation. So if somebody's got positive energy and they feel like they're really sincere and confident about it, then I really enjoy that type of topic and to be able to continue to network with them. How about you, Steve? I am, uh, I keep myself on mute because there's some background in the, next to me. So just wanted to, to, to let you know that, yeah, I think the, the number one word and June kind of touched on it too, but it's the authenticity, right? Like somebody you can, and you can kind of tell we've been doing, all been doing it long enough that, uh, you can tell pretty early on when someone is inauthentic. And I, re, you know, I remember early on networking a lot and you just, you could just tell right away. And a lot of times I like to get into a conversation with somebody that has nothing to do with what they do, you know, and learn about them as a person. I think that's a really good way because that, that can build a nice foundation for the rest of the conversation. Right. So you learn a little bit about that. We we started, I was in um in, in a bunch of when I was Volunteers of America before this, we were in a lot of different chambers and this and that. I went to a lot of those events, but it seemed there was a lot of redundancy and there was a lot of overlap with who was in this group and who was in that group. And so we started with a friend of mine and I started a, a what we called a mastermind group. And the whole idea was that we would network together. We'd meet once a week, but we'd spend so much time on ourselves personally and how much we learned about each other as people that we're still together seven years later. We still connect. We still, and we're like kind of our the first call when you think of somebody in this industry or that industry. And that to me was the, some of the, one of the best networking things I ever did because there's, there's so much, there's a lot of the relationship building that goes on too. And I think that's, a really important way to 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 identify good people to do business with for the long term. So, but uh, we um, we you know understanding other people first, and then trying to figure out if there's a fit is is I think a really good first step. Okay, how about you? How about you, Michelle? What do you look for someone when you want to create a relationship? Um that they're genuine and honest people. And um, it's interesting. Uh, I've learned that, you know, it's, it's more important to get to know the people like, like you were all saying, than um, to focus on, am I going to get a sale out of this relationship? Because I, I love connecting people from other industries and it gets confusing because I'm in, I'm in one industry, one um, networking group where I have to bring leads every time, but I'm meeting people from all different industries. It gets confusing, you know, <laughs> but um you can tell. And every time I feel, I feel like every time I meet someone, no matter what industry it is, there's some kind of collaboration we end up talking about. And 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 they'll say like, oh, I never thought of that. And I, I love that part of it, like collaborating with people and, you know, people that are really into what they're doing and and want to think of outside the box with me. So, yeah. And there's a lot of clickiness in these groups, which I can't, you know, I try to weed through. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get You're to right we'll get that. to we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But uh, we're all you know we're all not recent college graduates. I'll put it that way. So I don't offend anybody. <laughs> we're not, we're not, you know, we're not sitting there, you know, sitting there going, Hey, where are we going to go to spring break next week? You know, we're not saying that. So as we get older and, and I'm not saying any of you are old, uh, I am, but I'm not saying any of you are, um, because you aren't, but I am, um, what defines success? What is success to you now? Because it, it changes throughout our lives. You know, you said when you're younger, you think, oh, I want, I want money. I want this. I wanted to be a big star when I was in Hollywood. Now I would hate it. I would, I would want it because I know people who are stars and their lives, you never have free time. So right now, we'll start with you, Steve. What is success to you right now? So success has a lot, very little to do with my work. Um, success to me is, uh, kind of more holistic. Um, I spend a lot of time. In fact, I, one of my accountability partners, we focus, you know, we're, we've been, he's part of my mastermind group, but we have, we're setting up our 2024 accountability on everything, but work. What are the things that we want to make sure we're spending time on and focusing on whether it's faith, family, you know, parenting, whatever the thing is to me that's when you can do it all you know and still have a good career going on but have this other part of your life that is humming that is there's you know that that's also what gets you out of bed you know um you know the things that are nothing to do with work i mean networking is great and i mean a lot of great people and a lot of genuine relationships but you also have some you know, really true friends you have your your spouse or significant other, you have your kids, like all that stuff. Like if it all is working, that to me is success. It's not, has nothing to do with money or, you know, cars or houses or things like that. It's about, you know, all those really important, valuable things, uh, kind of working, you know, pretty evenly across the board. How about you, Michelle? What's success to you? Um, success to me is, well, number one is my kids. Not, you know, I know I did a good job with them and they're pretty much off on their own and leading, you know, good lives and successful and happy. Um, and for myself, just surrounding myself with good people. I don't, you know, I don't have time for any of the, you know, the stuff that went on in my earlier life. Like, uh, you have to weed everybody out and, um, surround yourself with good people and uh, try to stay close with my family and, and uh, the people that matter to me. Um, that's most important to me. How about you, June? What's success to you now? So, I, you know, I think having choices um, to be able to do the things I want to do and not be stuck in areas. But one of my bigger successes is my health. Uh, 10 years ago, I got really sick. I have Hashimoto's thyroid disease, um, which gave me a kidney disease that my kidney doesn't filter protein. And I woke up, um, didn't look anything like myself. Um, by the time I got done the medical regime, I was like 50 pounds of fluid. I, I looked just awful with all the prednisone. Um, so all my stuff didn't matter. All my cute clothes and my cute shoes and the things that I really always loved, I couldn't take advantage of because I just, nothing was working. Um, and I realized I could barely walk. Um, my husband was carrying me places. I couldn't get down my own stairs. Oh, but you know what? This is this is what everything it doesn't matter your education doesn't matter any of this other stuff your health has to come first 
you have to take care of things. You have to make sure that you see your doctors. Um, and that's why I advocate, I think, so much at work, because so many people don't have choices to get their medical checkups and things like that. Um, if I didn't have the best care with multiple doctors and, and have the flexibility to have those choices, I, I wouldn't be who I am right now that I can even do the work that I do because I feel really good about that. Um, and, and I think that was a really big lesson for me because um, I, I was just so used to coming and going as I please. And then it just came to a grounding halt. You know, it's amazing you say about the, about the health and people, people look over that. I was, I was in the hospital four years ago. I had, been, I had an irregular heartbeat that got undetected. I ended up being in the hospital for eight days. I love, I'm lucky I didn't go into cardiac arrest. And when you're sitting there in a hospital, you have a lot to think about and you go, you know what? Nothing mm -hmm. makes a difference. And I'm sitting there I'm, and I had some, I was at the bore, which gave great help, but I had some pain in the ass bitching the whole time and i'm like dude I'm, I'm i'm worse off than you just shut up but it's true we don't we don't think that it is it's funny if you have your health that is success and because if you don't have your health you're dead you're not going to have any success so anyway that's good I'm, I, I, no one's brought up health before i'm glad you did that so we talked about networking uh we touched on networking okay because we all network and uh you mentioned clicks and stuff michelle what is Give me something you really like about networking. And give me something you you really don't like about networking. Like me, I love meeting interesting people. There's nothing better than just meeting someone and you can talk to them because I'm somewhat of an introvert. And because when I go to events, I don't really go out of my way to talk to people. But then if someone I connect, I can talk to them forever. Right. What I don't like is just people who are pains in the ass. You know, people who are just phony. And then we can run into them. But Michelle, what's something that you like about networking and something you don't like about networking? Um, I mean, I, I love when I might meet the interesting people that are interested in talking about um, their, their businesses and what we do and, uh, or, you know, their lives in general, learning about people when they're open and, and talk, you know, generally, genuinely want to have a conversation that a meaningful conversation and we get into it and, you know, um, the things that I don't like, the thing I don't like about the networking is that sometimes at um i don't want to i don't want to single any groups out but um you know at these groups i i have trouble meeting like a, a lot of the people and i've been in the group for a long time but it's it's so clicky that it's hard to you know it's some, some people also avoid me if they already work with somebody who does the same thing as me which is ridiculous like you know we can still have a conversation like i'm not looking to people to take people's business away from them it's just nice to meet everybody and you know have a have a relationship with everybody no matter what you do i mean i have had i've actually had conversations with you know some of my competition and and it's been friendly and nice and and uh i'm glad that i know them and i and i have referred people actually to them for different reasons and and he's uh the one guy is very appreciative and so yeah it would be nice to be able to to for everybody to be open-minded about meeting everybody instead of just staying in their clicks Okay. How about you, June? I like when we network in an interesting place. Um, so the, the New Jersey Pride Chamber yeah. of Commerce did a networking event at Ground for Sculpture. And so we actually got together in small groups and then it doesn't took us I around like and actually gave us the tour. So not only did I get to learn about the Grounds for Sculpture, because I'd been there just for the restaurant, but I hadn't been there actually for the full tour. But I got to really know the people in my little group. And now we've seen each other at multiple things. And that group of a, a, a half a dozen of us or so were becoming more friendly just because we were sharing this experience together. So it kind of what Steve was saying, when you get to learn a little bit about someone different from what they're just their job is or their title, 
Uh, Cause you know, sometimes it's a little weird sometimes if I say, oh, I'm Dr. June, everybody's like, ooh, and I'm like, don't get it twisted. I just sat in classes longer than you did. So, you know, I wanted to just be, you know, the normal conversation, but I love that I got a chance to learn something, have a, an experience and then actually get to talk to people. The things that I hate, literally the time frames that people do it, sometimes people don't know when to quit networking. Like if you got to read the room a little bit better. So sometimes they go on and on and on and like out, they want to take hours out of your day. I'd rather it be something that's a shorter period of time. That's more purposeful than some of these long drawn out events. Um, and like, I, you don't have to feed me at everything. I'm not going to eat your fried food. I mean, not this, nothing wrong with fried food, but I can't eat that. So I'd rather have a little bit more time where I get to talk to people than some of the other grandiose things. So I think there's sometimes you know, less is more for me. It doesn't always have to be chandeliers and, and moonlight. I, I think I could really enjoy having some conversations with people and and some more realistic settings. I think that's really a, a better way to enjoy people. Yeah, that's why you got to come to cocktails with Cooper. Everyone just talks, and if you don't want food, you don't get food. And if you think it sucks, you leave. That's easy. <laughs> How about you, Steve? What 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 are your some pros and cons? What are some things you like and and don't like about networking? I think the biggest frustration I have with networking is when, and I, I put this on myself, like, and uh, you said it, I think June said, but reading the room and realizing, cause I, I go into every networking event, especially now thinking about my time, right? Like, you know, I was four, four nights a week before networking. I realized I'm, you know, my kids are home, my wife's home, this and that. And I'm thinking like, what am I walking away with something beneficial at the expense of being home with my family or not? And uh, so I really got, I really focus on that a lot. So if I, uh, and it's, I don't blame any, I mean, I, I applaud people who put these groups together and put these events together and make that effort. I know, you know, events are not easy to do, but the frustration is personal or it's my issue is that if I go to an event and I don't, either i don't um what's the word i want i don't you know really lean into what i'm doing there why i'm there and, and trying to you know uh, cultivate or you know prospect or you know whatever it might be and i waste time right um and you know that and if you don't read the room and yeah, maybe you should leave early but you know don't stay there to the last you know the last you know the end of the time so, um, but what I really enjoy about it is when I do find somebody, if we have an authentic conversation, it's, you know, may or may not touch what we do. And then there's a follow-up connection. We, we get together and, and it's, you know, over a cup of coffee and we talk a little bit more deeply about, you know, things personal, things professional, you know, and then it moves on from there. And that to me is success in networking where it goes because the networking event is is that very superficial touch but then it's what you do with those connections after that that right. th that the reason you're paying the money the reason you're you know taking time away from your other job other work or your family is taking that next step with somebody that you've met at a networking group Okay. Now I'm going to start, when we start this next question, I'm going to start with you, Steve, because I started this question uh, early on the show, and it, it's about books, business books. I don't read business books. I never have. I've read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. That's it. I If I'm going to read something or listen to a book on tape, 
it's entertainment because that's consumes. That's what I love. But I've gotten so many people that have gotten read books that have really helped them. And Steve, you can't use the example you said in the beginning, but you, you, you're a perfect setup for this because you said that book helped you a lot. What is a book in your life, in your life? It could, it could have been last month. It could have been 20 years ago. A book that, that really made an impact on you. A business book, you know, I mean, and, and maybe, but if, if you think, you know, American Psycho made an impact on you, that's fine. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm going to keep away from you at the next event. But we're going to start with you, Steve, because you mentioned that one book. But what's another book? Because you said you read a lot. You seem like a ferocious leader when a reader when it comes to stuff. What is a book that has made, made a difference, has made an impact on you in your professional life? All right. So there's a number of them. Various things. I'm going to say two, though, and I think you'll understand why once I do. Um, the first one is a book called The Go-Giver, which is how we build our mastermind group. And it talks specifically about relationship and connection and thinking about serving others in, in, the, in your networking and in your work life and in your personal life, but serving others first and doing so without keeping track. Hey, I sent that guy three leads and he hasn't sent me one yet. You know, no, it's about doing it all um, so that you are building a, um, you're building your brand of serving others. And that will eventually come back your way. And if you do it the right way, and you're authentic about it. That's the book the book is about. It's a short read. It's a phenomenal read. Um, it's a kind of a fictional story that, that walks you through this, this guy who's got a, he's got a, this goal he's got to get, he's doing all these things the wrong way. He's being very transactional and he meets this other guy who's completely successful and he's calm and he's, he's able to, to do things the right way. But the other book I'm, so I'm no spring chicken as, uh, you alluded to Steve, thanks for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> But I read a book recently that really has changed the what I'll call the I'm in the third quarter of my life, right? Um, a book called Strength to Strength. And I'll share this with, with you guys. Um, but it's really about um, finding what's really important in your life right now. And also that, you know, at my age, I'm 57. And I'm saying it's like a lot of people at my age say, well, I can't go get a new job or I can't. And it's, it's the about face of that. It's like, what can you do with your life? Like what, there's so much time, there's, you're healthy, you know, you're satisfied, you got all this stuff. What can you do? Not, not what's left for me to do. It's what, what's out there. And there's so many things out there. And we know from, you know, the people we network and the people we see on LinkedIn, there's all kinds of things to do personally and professionally to get engaged and really do things that, you know, you never thought of doing. You know, I, I started taking piano lessons again after, what, 20 years of doing that. I, I, I learned how to swim two years ago, you know, things like that. Like, what can I do? So Strength to Strength and Go-Giver are two books I'd recommend. How about you, Michelle? I'm not a good person to ask this question. <laughs> no, that's fine. There's some people I don't read. If you don't read, that's fine. You know, it's fine. It's, so some people don't read business books. And I, for me, I'm like, I've been in networking groups where they say, hey, what book do you read? I'm like, uh, Motley Crue, The Dirt. You know, and I look yeah, I, mean, like, oh, I don't know. I've got them. I've, I've bought, you know, I buy them. I read part of, I read parts of all of them. And then I read stuff on the internet that comes up. And I, you know, I go down that rabbit hole 
reading stuff about business, but yeah, I'm not, I don't That's have fine. anything. So you're you're like me. It's it's sometimes people. It just doesn't it because I'm the same way. I, I'm like I don't want to read a whole book about this. If I want to read, I'll, I'll watch TV. You know. Anyway, how it's about you, June? And me. Yeah. How about so you, June? There's two like go tos that I've had um for a lot of years, and and like what Steve was saying, you know, I, I got a doctor degree in my fifties, so you know, clearly not a spring chicken. I pivot constantly, change jobs frequently. Um, but leading with cultural intelligence by Dr. David Livermore was transformational because it talks about in this country how we're such an individualistic society that we sometimes do what's good for the one and not the good of the whole. Um, and when you look at culture on top of that, and we look at how we're raised and, you know, from the time we're infants and, you know, and, and just so many different parts of it. And it was, I was always trying to struggle kind of between my own ethnicities, because when you're, you know, multiracial, sometimes you don't have that opportunity to really process why you think the way you do and that, you know, Native American indigenous culture, I was like, man, why don't I feel like I fit into any of this stuff? So that book actually kind of put things into perspective with um, my culture, but then learning a little bit more about what's happening today and, and putting the big picture together. Um, but what I realized that as I started to do the work that was really heavy and really weighed on me even more, um, especially after I gotten so sick, there's a book called Calm Clarity, written by a woman in Philadelphia named Zwei Quash, and it's uh, the neuroscience of retraining your brain for coping mechanisms, um, and really talked a lot about um, to stay away from those maladaptive ways of coping mechanisms to keep yourself healthy. And I really have taken a lot from that because I, I realized that I really needed some assistance with what was I doing to make myself better through this to, to understand things so I can continue to do the work that I do. So I, I really enjoy anything around culture, but I thought that that was a great perspective to see it. Um, and then to also open up my parameters because sometimes we're really limited by you know time and geography and a lot of other things. And I wanted to make sure that um, if I'm going to be doing this work, I needed to be able to be open to a lot of things and reframe my bias and reframe some of the things that I was taught and realized that just because I was taught that as a kid doesn't mean it, it's relevant or or really holds water. So those books actually put things in context. Um, and Calm Clarity is something that we use quite frequently because she has even a deck of cards. She's got white papers. So every once in a while, when I feel like my um, my shopping addiction or some of my other bad behavior takes hold that I, I end up, you know, going, you know, getting frazzled, I go back and kind of reframe things with that. But those two have been pretty helpful to me over my, you know, most recent parts of my career. Okay, hey, June, what was the title of the first one again? I'm sorry. It's Living, uh, Leading with Cultural Intelligence, uh, Dr. David Livermore. Uh, he's a, you know, brilliant well-cultured, well-versed person that, uh, you know, I've been really impressed with some of the work that he's been doing and and his fellowships and things like that. So so this next question, and uh, I usually rant to start this question, but I'm not because I, <laughs> I, interv- I had a lot of interviews this week and I, I, I might have been distracted. I usually rant about LinkedIn. Now I love LinkedIn. I wouldn't meet people without LinkedIn. I would not get guests without LinkedIn. I, I reached out to a few of you on LinkedIn because I don't have your email, and I said I want them on my show. And I usually rant about there's a lot of stuff I don't like about LinkedIn, and I'm not going to do that today. I'm gonna, it's, I'm, it's, it's Christmas time. You know, I'm going to be good. I'm in a good mood. I heard Santa Claus is coming to town on the way over by Bruce Springsteen, and so I'm a happy guy. Tell me something you don't like about LinkedIn. 
Okay, and we're, and we're going to start with you, June. And you're, you're, you're all very active on LinkedIn, but what is something you don't like about LinkedIn? I mean, and it, I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm going to keep my cool. Something you don't like about LinkedIn. <laughs> Random people popping in my messages telling me crap I don't need. I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody hijacked one of my posts and wrote something on there, like a response. And I had to look up what they said because I'm like, I don't know what that word means. Um, and so like, I, I don't understand. It's kind of like people do in other social media. Like, why are you hijacking a post to make a comment? You don't know me. Like, you don't know anything about me. Why would you do that? So I, I really wish that there was a way that I know you can follow people and, you know, and I used to be better at it than what I was. I feel like I, I kind of took a little bit of a break from it. And now I'm a little back into it. I just don't know why people feel like the need to just hijack your messages and, and write 9,000 pages worth of stuff that you think you're ever going to read through. Um, and then you're going to say, hey, that's a great product. I think I'll take it. No, no, it doesn't work that way. And I'm not going to read your post. So thanks for sharing that. How about you, Michelle? What do you, what do you, what is some things you don't like about LinkedIn? Exactly the same thing. I, I mean, I am pretty new to this whole thing because I just started when I started this business and I get all these random messages in my, in my inbox. And then it causes me to not respond to the ones that I want to respond to because it gets lost in the shuffle. And I, that's, very annoying. That's the most annoying part. How about you, Steve? So I, I don't know. I, I'm not a social media guy. You know, I, I, I get on there. I force myself to do it. So I, I, I'm probably not the best person to ask about this, but I use it. I don't really use Instagram or Facebook, you know, as much or almost at all, but I had really good advice because one of the things my fault, but people were like June was saying, Everyone's like, hey, want to connect, want to connect. And I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, next thing you know, you got 1,300, I don't know, or so connections. And you don't know half of them. So advice I got, which I thought was really good, was only keep the connections of people you would refer. Hmm. Like if I can't refer, you know, John Smith, because I don't even know John Smith, why am I connected with he or she on LinkedIn or him on LinkedIn? So anyway, it's uh, I just think, you know, having, you know, people that, I guess the frustration is people that don't know how to use it properly. That affects me. Right. And then it's, I'm wasting time. on. Oh, well, one other thing I'm going to say, I don't like about LinkedIn real quick. Just, oh, Here we go. Is no, is um when people send you a, a friend request, okay. Or a connection request, it seems that the, the, the check and the X are in the wrong spot. Like, so I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, I'm going to turn this person. I don't want the, connect with this person and i think i'm pushing the x and then i push the check because it's in the wrong spot and then i get a stupid message from them like you said that goes hey i can help you with this and that's all but anyway it's good we're all i'm in a good mood so finally (laughs) here's the last question i always ask this is our last question i always ask people this because i love the answers that people give you meet someone who just got out of school or, you know, it could be trade school, it could be high school, it could be college, or it could be law school, or it could just be someone later in their life that wants to really start out in the business world, okay? They want they want to go out there, they want to make a difference, you know, they're, they're not really sure, and it could be, as I say, checking career. What advice do you give that person? What, what knowledge can you impart on them that you think will help them when they come up to you, like they say, hey, Michelle, you know, you know, because you started, you recently started over with your business. You know, if someone came and you said, you know, I, I just, I want to get business, my business life started. What advice would you give them, Michelle? The same thing I tell all three of my kids. 
network, 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 get out there and meet as many people as you can. And even, you know, without even having an agenda, just meet as many people as you can and just, you know, learn about them. They'll learn about you. Relationships are where, where it's at. I think that's okay. the most important part. Okay. How about you, Steve? What, what advice would you give? So very similar to Michelle. Very good. I like that answer, Michelle. Um, is building like and what we, you know, meeting a ton of people is, is really important but then learning how to filter that, right? So that the um, the meetings turn into quality relationships, but it's, it's really about, um, you know, learning how to manage that, right? Like learning how to just be able to take those relationships because building relationships transcends, transitions, transcends any industry. So I think, you know, that is something that, you know, I, my, both my kids, my daughter's a nurse and my son's a, 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 an analytics guy, but they still have need to build relationships and maintain those relationships over time. So they don't teach that stuff in college. They teach no. you to write a resume and send it. Mm-hmm. And that's the extent of it. And, you know, it, it, you know, I get that, but it's, uh, it's building these relationships and um, learning how to, learning, learning the filter part of it, right? Yeah. I think that's really important. How about you, June? If you asked me this six months ago, I would answer the same thing as both Michelle and Steve. But my 24-year-old two months ago said that her and her boyfriend moved into St. Petersburg, Florida. They wanted to stay away from the nine to five. They wanted to learn how to do different things, see the world, enjoy themselves. And they were going to figure it out. And I damn near had a stroke. I went down my checklist of what do you mean? What did you do? You graduated from college. You both have honors. You did this. You have these opportunities. Where's your insurance policy? And I heard myself throw up every one of my things and onto them, and it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've watched two young people who are living an amazing time. Um, and I wish that I had started with, you know, find what you're passionate about um, educate yourself in those areas and then take it from there. Um, you know, be prudent about things. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, but, and, and your gut reaction is what you need to follow. Um, especially for young women, also for young men, but especially young women. Um, there are a lot of, um, not so genuine people in in this world when it comes to starting out in business. So I would say, you know, make sure that uh, you surround yourself with people that you can trust um, and and then take it slow and then always raise your hand, you know, ask what else you can do, what else you can learn, try a new project, do something different, see it from a different point of view. Um, I, I'm glad that she's coming home for the holidays and I get to spend some time with both of them, but um, their, their journey is just so magnificent to see. Um, and I think that I would I would kind of retract what I always thought I knew about this, you know, especially this new generation just starting out. Um, enjoy the ride. Life is so flipping short that anything could happen at any time. Um, I wish that I had taken advantage of doing some other things uh, younger um, and making some other choices to go places and things like that. So I would say, you know, have have a good time in on one hand and then also work hard um, and, and have that a better balance. Um, Cause you can't take it with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, to... hey, Steve, could I add one thing to, to uh, June's point there? No. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> because uh, she touched on something and, and, you know, finding your passion is, I think is 
something that it's a it's a lifelong quest. And one of the things I you know I had thought about I read about this, but then I kind of applied it to myself because I love I love 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 what I do, but I didn't start doing this until I was in my mid forties, right? So it took that first you know, 25, 30 years or so to do this, do that, make this mistake and, and, and find where I am now. And I would, you know, when I said, and I've said this to my kids, like, you know, finding your passion and, and doing something you really want to do now will look a lot different when you're older and that's okay. You know, make the mistake, do the thing, but everything you do along the way, take something with you, you know, learn something along the way, you know, store it, journal about it, write it, keep it because that passion thing will be out there, but it's, it's down the road. So that was the only thing I would have. Well, there you go. See that. So anyway, I'm going to thank you guys for coming on now. Now, how, Michelle, how can people get in touch with you if they, if they want to do business with you? Um, so my website is Michelle Roshkoff com. It's uh, Jay Hilburn is J H I L B U R N. I probably should spell Roshkoff. <laughs> Michelle M uh, R O S H K O F F. Um, my phone number is 856-220-3410. How about you, Steve? How can people get in touch if they want to find out more about the Y? So I work for the Greater Philadelphia Y, which is tends to be a little confusing, but we are we have 16 branches in the area, and it includes South Jersey, um, Camden, and, and Burlington County. So um, so the Greater Philly Y is, is, a, is a great way to go. But LinkedIn is probably the best place to you know maybe start a connection and reach out there. I'm on LinkedIn under the Greater Philly Y. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the best way to go. How about you? How about you, June? Um, Center for Family Services. I sit in the Voorhees office. You can reach me either uh, through LinkedIn under Dr. June DePonte Cernak or uh, email is june.depontecernak at centerffs.org. So either way. All right, well, so people reach out to them if you have any of their needs. You got you got to check. You got to help these people out. Also, reach out to me, the Coop Tank at yahoo.com. If you want to advertise on my show, you know, I, I get shaker removers in the business industry, and the people who watch the show are shaker removers. So wouldn't you want your name to get out to them? So you can reach me there. And also, don't forget to check out my entertainment website, uh, coopertalk.net. I have over 985 episodes of big celebrities on there, which you will love the good conversations with them. Also, don't forget Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com. Get in touch with Joe Ganjemi. The reason I do my show here is because Joe's great. He does, he's honest, and he, he, does, he knows what he's doing. So check it out, and I want to say all of you, uh, this will air next week. Hey, have a great Christmas. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.